Hey, thanks for listening to the Blended Podcast. I'm Megan. I have a 16-year-old daughter named Tana from my previous marriage who is with us full-time. And in 2018, I married my husband, Chris. His daughter, Lena, is nine from his previous marriage. And I'm Derek, and I have Zeke, who's 11, Kingston, who's nine from a previous marriage, and married Jesse in 2018, and she didn't have any kids, but now we have one on the way. So walk with us as we share our crazy blended lives. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Blended Podcast. Hey, today we've had some technical issues with our audio, but the content is so good, we didn't want you to miss it. So check it out. Today we have a couple friends hanging out with us. Jennifer and Jason Ostriker are hanging out with us. They are going to share with us today their blended family and some of the struggles and some of the wonderful things that they have experienced in their blended podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for being here. How's it going? Good. Okay, so uh, you guys can take turns. I don't know how good y'all are at talking over each other or <laughs> maybe throw up a hand <laughs> raise your hand if you got something to say and whichever one of you wants to get started and just kind of share with us what your blended family looks like go ahead babe okay so uh we have five biological children uh they are actually our oldest kids um our oldest is a senior his name's jensen and then we have a 15 year old landon 13 year old ian uh, Cullen, uh, he is nine, this is about to be ten, and Jillian is eight. Uh, we have two adopted daughters, adopted through foster care, Kenzie and Peyton. Kenzie is ten and Peyton is nine. Oh no, bless your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have four boys and we also do foster care. Okay. We have had um, several children in and out of our house, but we currently have a foster baby. Oh, okay. Well, that is so awesome. So when you guys got married and you knew you wanted to have kids, was fostering always an op, like always something on your mind or was that something that came later? (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting looks here. (laughs) So at, at first, um, you know, I, I was not about it. I was like, no, this is crazy. We have, you know, at, at the time I just got out of culinary school uh, at Greenberg, and they had, um, you know, I spent years of my life there, lived in my truck, you know, and so uh, I, when I got out, I, I thought, man, I want to take a year off. Like, I just right. do not want to cook for a while. And um, just figure out where I want to go. Well, Jen has... Discussions while I was pregnant. Yes. <laughs> like, do, you, do we ever want to foster? And he just felt like we can have our own kids. Like, he never... <laughs> the need for foster care for foster parents i've just never dealt with it you know right um and then after our second pregnancy um our our kids are just a little under two years apart he had been working constantly in the culinary world and wanted some time off and i I just saw an ad in the paper for house parents and it was um live-in house parents that would be at a group home okay fayetteville west virginia plus we're living in Probably the most ghetto <laughs> apartment we've ever been in. You'll have that. Yeah. It was not a good area of the town we were in. Um, somebody tried to sell me drugs. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. 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 So it was lovely. Um, and 
we ended up going and interviewing for this job, and they asked me why I was passionate about working at, at a group home, and I had been awarded the state as a teenager. And that was one of the reasons why I was passionate about foster care or becoming a foster parent was because I never did have a foster home no, while okay. I was awarded the state. So but I was bounced around in several group homes and all over the state until I was released from um, the uh, state's custody at 17, um, almost 18. And I went back home for a small period of time until I moved out. And um, our first... So we, we were there for about a year, and one of the girls that we had there was 13, um, and she was wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay, to say that's, it lightly, it sounds like. That's an understatement. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She ran away Aww. while we were there and got hitchhiked to get back to Charleston, West Virginia, and they ended up letting her go home, um, but home didn't work out so well. So she had gotten in contact with us, and we just, kept in contact with her for a little while. Um, and at 16, mom has let, her mother has let boyfriend move in and she got pregnant. Mm. And then she was kicked out. No. So she was back in the system, pregnant, and didn't know what to do. And her worker got a hold of us and said, would you foster her? And so we're like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, when I first went to, like, you know, I did not want to do this. Right. You know, and I thought, you know, well, uh, my wife stuck through this whole culinary, you know, training uh, escapade for years um, and not seeing me. And um, and so I thought, you know, she sacrificed uh, for me. So, you know, I should do the same. And so um, she uh, was like, let's, let's do this. Let's try it. And I thought, you know, well, I'll, I'll do it. But... <laughs> You know, if it shows any sign of danger right. for our children, yeah. like, I'm out. Like, uh, I'll take the kids. You can hang out and right. do your thing and work, and, and I'll head out, you know. And so, because it's a live-in place. Like, we had to live there. Oh, okay. You had to yeah. go there to live. Yeah. We oh, were, okay. We were house parents. Oh, I'm yeah. with you. Now I get the house parent part of it. Yeah. A little apartment inside the house where the girls were. Like, it was bed, two bedrooms and, like, a bathroom. And at this point, you had your we had two, two biological... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, they were babies, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Landon was a little tiny, little, fat, little baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then started to see my reasoning and passion. Right. Um, wanting to foster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though we didn't do it right away once we left there, um, it was... I mean, it, that just really, I guess, was... Kind of showed you a different picture. Well, yeah, I mean, because you think, you know, foster, foster children are, are... Some people, you have a couple different groups. You have a group of people that think foster children are children that are not wanted. You know, like bad kids. Right. So they send them away. Right. And then you have the sexual abuse. Right. And, and then you have truancy. Right. And, um, and, and then there's also, you know, the mom just, or dad... Yeah. is just so wrapped up in drugs or they died. Right. And they have nowhere to go. They have yeah. no family to go to. So we had all of them. We had 10 girls from 9 to 18 that we took care of. So this is essentially like a fraternity or a sorority, but you're like, you know, the you're overseeing the, yeah. the whole house, not just one set. Oh, uh, okay. Ten, I thought it was like you were responsible no. for one girl. 10, ten okay. children. No 
like bless your heart. Homes, there was assistance. They had like an aide. Right. Would like run the errands or take girls to appointments or things like. Yeah. That. He was as a male. He cannot. Be right. A teenage girl. So yeah. Me and there was I had babies. Right. So, he got to play a lot. <laughs> yeah. You got your year off. I mowed grass, you know. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing, though. Like, when I left culinary school, I thought, you know, I don't want to cook anymore for right. a while. And just take time off. And so when I got there, well, now I'm cooking three meals a day <laughs> They're like, for, oh, for you know, 15 for people. And um, and and what was crazy is, is you know, this is my pre-Jesus time. Right. So, so. It's funny how God will put you in situations where where you need it, right? And um and where He wants you to be. And obviously, you know, He wanted us to be there. Yeah. And so when when I was there, uh, one of the guys that was over top of all the food for the entire uh all the houses because there was what mm-hmm. three, babe? It was four because there was three boys' homes and one girls' home. Okay. And so the guy that ordered all the food. For the whole facility, it was the Church of God is who right. it was through. It was in Fayetteville, and it was a big farm. And so he had a massive heart attack and had to have three, uh, or had triple bypass, I think, or something like that. So, anyways, they had nobody to take care of the food. So I told him I, during one of our board meetings, I said, "Hey, I just got out of culinary school. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll order yeah. the food for you." So I went down in their kitchen, and they have like this, like. Ten million dollar kitchen wrapped in plastic. I was like, does nobody use nobody, this stuff? And and they're like, no, we just order pizza. Oh my! God. And they had like huge events there. They had like, was it 4-H Club would go out there and have events? Could like rent like two thousand kids, and and they would order pizza because nobody knew how to cook. So then I started teaching the girls how to cook, and like we'd go down and cook meals and do stuff. Funny how God uses your talents to. Uh, if you use it, you know, for him, he's he's like he's gonna be glorified. And right. the thing was, is like, I was I was using my talents because I fresh out of a five star hotel right. culinary program. These kids were eating. They said their last meal. What was it? It was beanie weenies oh, and and, no. and mac and cheese all mixed up in a pot. Oh. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> so then I, I started ordering <laughs> shrimp and and chicken and all this stuff, and I was making it from scratch and. And I made them chicken alfredo, wasn't it, the first night? Well, what's neat is that was the opening door mm. to, okay, they they care right. about us a little bit. Like, they went yeah. above and beyond to make us a nice dinner. Right. Oh, I can maybe, I can trust them yes. a little bit. Yes, so right. that was like, and I didn't realize that until now, you right. know what I mean? And so they just like, oh, that was good. And it just opened up conversation. So Jen was really close with them. Um, just because she was in the system, and um, we were young, we were we super young. Well, and I was gonna say, if you don't care, like, what do you care to share a little bit of your story? Because I'd love to hear your, you know what I mean, like your so, story. Unfortunately, like, just things did not go well as a teenager. Um, um, so I did not stay at home. Um, and at 15, I, uh, my parents pressed what's called incorrigibility charges, that I was a bad kid. And uh, the my worker said, you know, it would be healthier for you for you to go and live in a group home. Um, and I did not agree. I was right. stay home. Um, I had a good relationship with my mother. At the time, I did not have a good relationship with my father. My mom and I had been up and down. But my older sister had also um, had some issues with... Um, 
delinquency, um, and she had caused a lot of tension. So it was like, this is this would be the best thing. Right. Um, I did. I didn't end up in a group home right away. I ended up what they call an emergency shelter, and um, it was in downtown Huntington. It's no longer there. And I was scared to death. I mean, you you right. in a home with people of the same gender. You are in. It's mixed. Right. And you never know like how the people are going to act. Um, and there was. I mean, I saw a boy, which it, luckily this wasn't the worst thing, but. Just get up from the dinner dinner table, grab a gallon of milk, and just pour it over another kid's head. Like just because he was right, just because I want to do this, just not the best environment. And and you, I mean, you're not allowed to shave your legs without somebody watching you. Mm. You can't have lotion because somebody might eat it. Like it was just things that you're not used to when you're used to being home. Right. And it it did cause more tension between my mother and my myself. Um, I was moved around a lot. Like I said, I went from there down to Greenbrier County um, and was there for a year. When they move you to these programs, they require you to finish the program. It's like a six to nine month. Gotcha. And you have to finish it. Um, And there was times that they said she's excelled and she could come home, and my father would say, we don't want her to come home. Mm -hmm. Um, Or we're not ready for her. And um, I have no idea why that happened. Right. But to me... Now, and I'm, I've said this throughout, um, I know why I was there. Right. God put me there to be able to have the passion that we have for the Right. Program. Right. I finished that program, but had ended up going to another program. Um, I, I was in Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, and I, there's a six to nine month program, but I excelled through it in three months. So they're like, give her a chance and let her come home. But, um, I did hang out with the wrong crowd. I was around the wrong people. I've, and I idolized those relationships because right. my relationship with my family was so rocky. My relationship with my friends was valued, and I wanted to be with them, and my parents didn't want me to. And um, and it just, I, I found some amazing, amazing mentors that, it, I mean, that's what sticks with me. Not even the bad that I saw when I was in state custody, but I had a, a woman that worked at one of the group homes I was in that, uh, gave me a journal when I left, and every third or fourth page she put scripture, oh. uplifting things, and I don't even know that I knew that she was a believer. That wasn't one of the right. that, like took me to church. Um, in the emergency shelter, right after I left my home, I uh, started going to Huntington High, and a teacher there um, saw me, knew that I was new, and um, she like went through the steps to become a mentor for me and started taking me to church. Oh. And, um, all all I keep thinking is. <laughs> As you're going, like I have oh, yeah. two albums, you know what I mean? Like you can see each seed. It's like, and I'm going to plant this, and I'm going to plant this. I can't wait till these start growing, like just planting these no. seeds. Skip ahead to our foster daughter. She went to Huntington High. She, when we got her in our home, her grades were terrible. So she was, I guess by this time she must have been 17. Um, and I went to Huntington High to talk with the counselor about putting her in um, a homebound program. And the first person I come to is that teacher. She's now in the role of this um, guidance counselor. I, I think her role was even higher than that. And I walked in her office and started crying. Right. Well, well, who are you? <laughs> and I went over this whole story with her, like, you don't understand what what you did for me in my life during such a dark time. She brought me... Uh, she brought me to um, 
to Christ. She showed me Christ in her and, and helped me to realize what I want to show other children in bringing them into our home. Right. The, the experience with our first foster, um, I want to say I wish it was different, but I don't because it taught us a ton. Right. Um, at first it went well, like, but we just kept feeling like we wanted to do so much for her. Like, she didn't have these things and we want to do for her. And she said, I don't need this. Like, I didn't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me that you want to decorate this room or you want to give me these things. Like, I, um, she was just grateful to not have to worry about where she was that day. Right. Or if she was going to be kicked out. And um, she, I, I wanted, I did not want her to, um, to keep the baby. I wanted her to consider adoption because she was so young, because she'd been through so much. And so after she had him, like, I made her take care of him. Because of that, she's an amazing mother today. Like, she, um, she's still in her life. Yeah. It's been 12 years. <laughs> and wow. She, uh, because things didn't go very well, we waited another seven years after she left to be able to, like, foster again or even think about it. Mm-hmm. And we were, we had planned a trip in the fall to Niagara Falls. We don't go away very much at all. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I knew that God was weighing heavy on me to foster again. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I biological Right. And I was like... Well, yeah, we're driving down the road, and, and, you know, we're going up to New York, you know, and she's like... No, we weren't in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, we were... But I remember we, like, you really started getting heavy into it, and she's like, I really need to... I really need to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh, Lord, oh, no. what's going on? You know, and so... Um, you know, because I've already gotten through my recovery. You know, I'm like, right. what is it now? You know, because so, uh, I know it's important. And uh, she, uh, you know, she wants to foster. And I was like, well, yeah, let's do it. Wow, wow, wow. What an incredible story. Thank you, Jason and Jennifer, for being here today. And thank you guys for listening. But don't go anywhere because there's a part two to this story. And it's just as incredible. So check that out next week. And don't forget, if you want to stay up to date on all things The Blended Podcast, go over to facebook.com backslash The Blended Podcast. Give us a follow and hang out in our community of blended families. Thanks for listening to The Blended Podcast with Megan and Derek, a positive alternative radio production. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. You can learn more at walkfm.org.